condition, my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. Him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I told my mind... On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. Hello, North Bay Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Al, Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures down again, down 1250. NASDAQ Futures down 56. 56 is the uh, 10 year rate did cross. Uh, 5%, but it's stuck back under that to 4.94, but still, market is not happy with that up there. I'm not sure why I didn't sort of anticipate. We've got a, a continuing run-up in the gold and silver. Kevin, how are you? Are you long gold? Um, no, I'm just gold. Oh, God, I, uh, I am gold. Oh, man. See, see I, I could say, if I was a regular uh, money manager kind of bump, which I'm not, I would say, boy, we're long gold. Am I a genius? Long gold and silver for all my people. But I've also been long gold and silver for a while. It was a little early, but it's reaping its benefits finally. But uh, I could have waited. I could have waited. Know, sometimes, sometimes genius is like fine wine. It needs to age for a while. Yes. Well, um, I just wish I would have. Uh, I don't. I don't know what caused this. Uh, let me get the graph up here in the uh, GLD, which is the ETF for gold. Uh, Greg, you, you were showing. I was showing you this yesterday. You were showing me on September twentieth. Um, GLD was like one hundred and seventy nine. For un, even with all this going on in the world, for some reason the thing totally craps out for the next to make me think. Boy, oh boy, I really got. A, I got a huge loser here. Goes goes down to one sixty eight and uh, ten five, and from one sixty eight, it's racketed back up to one eighty four, just nonstop on the way up. I don't know what caused that little sell off, but somebody was somebody. <laughs> Didn't do so hot selling it way down there. I mean, uh, it's, it's a crazy move. I mean, Greg, you, you, you and I were looking at this the other day. I mean, uh, you wonder where that sell-off came from, but it was, boy, what a buying opportunity that one was. I would love to say, gee, I doubled up down there, but I would be lying, and I wouldn't do that. So so what do you, what do you make of the world right now? How, how are we going to pay uh, 5% First rates? First of all, did, did you watch the president's speech last night? Uh, no, I was watching the debates Oh, because it, it was actually one of the few worth watching. It was, it was fine for what he had to say, but... Uh, it was one of the few worth watching because uh, when President Biden is doing a speech, it's only going to last a few minutes. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, un unlike most other presidents who would still be talking if they if they had the opportunity. Um, but there there is one thing I did pick out of there, and that was when uh, the president said that all over the country, patriotic workers are building the arsenal of democracy. 
And so I'm wondering, is Arsenal of Democracy a better name for a rock band, a softball team, or a fantasy football team? Um, I think a fantasy football team. Yeah, I think that, that would be that would be a pretty good fantasy football team name, wouldn't it? Yeah. Arsenal of Democracy. I got to remember that one. I um, I tell you what, I anybody can criticize any of this stuff, but I, the more the more I've been doing spending some time every day, uh, shall we say, uh, boning up on my Middle East stuff, and I'm, I'm really happy that Mike has piled in a couple of times and kind of let me know who all the players are because it's really not all that obvious without a scorecard. I I, I can't. What a what a what a what what, what did one our buddy in college used to say what a what a fine web we've woven or something for God's sake I mean what, I can't I can't even think of a five step solution over there can you Well no actually there was a five step solution in process but uh, uh, one one of the things that you know is a product of the Biden administration is if Trump did it we're not doing that uh, because the the Abraham Accords were. A, you know, just a series of bilateral agreements that, if allowed to continue, would have us in a much better place now. Yeah, I think there probably were some mistakes all around. I, I can't, I can't get over. I still, in, in the midst of this, you know, it really doesn't do any good to pile into this argument again. But I, I really can't get over what, and I, you know, and I think, honestly, Kevin, I think the man did it with all the right intentions. I can't get over the the. What, what what Trump did to North Korea? I was, that stuff yesterday. All, virtually all these weapons are coming from North Korea now. The rocket launchers and stuff. What, what what did Trump do with North Korea? Well, he, he was ordered on the same stage with the guy. The same stuff gave them the thought they were going to turn around and be good guys. I mean, these people. Okay, are, so they, everybody was afraid that he would start a war with the North Koreans. That we would get nuked. He tried to engage them. Yeah. And when it failed, did they did they get any concessions from him of any kind? I don't think so. Oh well, okay. So, what's your complaint? Well, I'm saying the, we 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 continue to try. I mean, everybody's really all over this guy about trying to talk to Iran, which is no. It's it, it, talking is one thing, it, but concessions as a condition of talking is what people are complaining about with Biden. Well, I, 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 they 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 made concessions just to talk to him, and that what the okay that, that's kind of a weak position. Why does why doesn't everybody? I'm not saying you, but why doesn't everybody who, who has this point of view realize that it, it's not our dough, it was their dough? Tom, if I disarm you because you were going to shoot me and I disarm you, I'm not giving you the gun back either. It's your gun, but I'm not giving it back to you. I Okay, we, we, can, we can disagree on whether that, but at least you know that if you and I argue, we're arguing on the same point. And you, we obviously are free to disagree with each other. But I'm saying most people think the, mo- the money came out of their pocket, and it didn't. So what? Well, because, <laughs> what is it, there's three kinds of people in the it's, world? It's, it's, how, how about the next hundred million that we're uh, sending over to Hamas? Um, that Biden I, agreed to on the trip? I, I think that for him to get Egypt to let some of the people come down that way, if for some sort of humanitarian aid, I don't think that uh, guys is 100% Hamas, even though they do you think that any okay, Gaza's not a hundred percent Hamas. Uh how close to a hundred percent uh anti Israel is it? How close to a hundred percent anti Semitic is it? Um it's probably pretty pretty high up. Yep. Okay. But I'm not Hamas, but I don't think Israel has a right to exist if they hate Jews. They're, 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 uh, okay, you're not Hamas. Big Blinkman deal. I, I, I think that the seventy percent of the people still need food and water. 
I, I understand that. And so we're going to send humanitarian aid there. Do you think for a minute that once those trucks are in and they get unloaded, do you think that that's going to get to where it needs to go, or do you think that that's going to be a Hamas operation? I, I, uh, as you let's, know, you know as, let's not be naive about as it. As you know, I'm but, the one who told but you the that. Point, and, that is an, and, the, and so my point goes back to that is American taxpayer. Okay, all right, so uh, starve them out. Just fuck them. Starve them out. No. Well, okay. Somebody's got to provide the aid. It's not going to be Israel. It's not going to be Egypt. How, it's not going to be about, Lebanon. How about letting them go to Egypt? You know, why, why is it our problem here? When they're the ones that pick the fight we, with we, uh, with Israel, we are we are attempting to bring peace to a region that doesn't seem to want peace, and we've been trying to do this for as long as we've been around because there hasn't been any peace there since the friggin' Romans were there for God's sake. I mean, it, it, it's a massive problem, and no matter what anybody does, no matter what you do, if Solomon, if we put Solomon and Lincoln back in the White House right now, everything that everybody does is going to be criticized by everybody because that's what we do now. All we do is criticize. That's our shtick. No, I said it was a pretty decent speech last night. I mean, I, I, there, there are, there are I'm, I, as you know, I'm no fan of Joe Biden. But the fact is, there are people in this country, and I'm not saying around the show, that if he went over there and all of a sudden became Solomon, that somebody has something wrong to say about it, because that's what we do now. Well, it, 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 but is it not naive to say, okay, we've got Hamas to pinky swear that all the... Uh, oh, no, uh, those guys are... What did I just say? It, it was a horrendous... Uh, Absolutely horrendous situation over there. Not, I, I don't know how you. I don't know how you even begin to. I think what he has to do, he has to be absolutely supportive of Israel because we all are. He has to say, okay, here's well, a bunch. Not of, all. <laughs> well, <laughs> not all because there is this uh, strain in the uh, in the Democratic Party of uh, very anti-Israeli. Uh, um, you know, this is this is your squad people. I think the Republican Party was pretty big for a while, and I want to give much aid to anybody over there. So. There's, there's, there's people all over the place like that. What was that? What I'm saying is, I'm a huge supporter of Israel. I'm not a supporter of 70 years of people living in camps without some sort of a revolution, resolution. I don't know whose fault it is or who it was. I'm just saying it's... it's, it's right. they, they, can't, they can't house their people, but they sure as hell don't run out of rockets. Um, I want to know how the hell those, all this stuff got from North Korea over there. But anybody knowing about it, who paid for it? We were a minute, minute last week. All we did was tell you it was all it was all right. Our country ends starts with I, ends with N. Okay, I, I, you know, we, we don't has has a ongoing relationship this is, with the North Korea. This is the speculation of the right. I want to see a list of work. Do we know where all this money is coming from, and why don't we? If we don't, do you think we don't? I I don't know. We sure as hell didn't seem to know in 2007 that people were borrowing money in Japan and buying mortgages over here. It almost took us out. That was much simpler to look at. I mean, who's, who's shipping this stuff? I mean, it, it, they, they, is, is there like a, the, the good ship O'Neill lands in, in, in North Korea and all of a sudden loads the thing up and it goes across how many oceans? You get over there and all of a sudden the rockets come flying off without somebody getting paid, somebody, somebody shipping them fuel, somebody refueling the thing. I mean, this is, I'm trying to find the answers, Kevin. I, I don't know the answers. I mean, I, but before I know them, I don't, you know, I, it seems like there's a lot of players here China, Russia. I'm not sure. What, what, what are we going to do if Russia's giving them the dough? Maybe that's why we're in Ukraine. I don't know. I mean, some, somebody is making this happen. North Korea doesn't seem to me to have a whole lot of connection with the people in uh, Hamas, unless somebody's in the middle or somebody's. Oh, their connection is with Iran, because remember, North Korea is very ostracized in the world economy. So any place, for instance, if they can get Iranian oil, they will. 
um, and uh, and in re if that means missiles in return or missiles in trade, then that's fine. But you know, don't be surprised if a lot of those missiles come from other places in the Arab world, where um, uh, you know where where different large company uh, countries do uh, arms sales, and some of it gets siphoned off by uh, by the zealots. Uh, in the government there who, you know, hey, you know, it's just inventory management, that's all, it's just an inventory mistake. I'm Because of this money, everybody, and Mike is uh, piping in here, everybody is absolutely convinced, the finger points right to uh, Iran and it's all on Joe Biden. Yet, why, why does anybody think China's a player? Why does anybody think Russia's a player? If they could, they would. I mean, we don't know. I, I don't know, let's put it that way. Enough to criticize. Okay. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't. And, and if you got Mike chiming in on text, I would like, to, I'd love to have Mike to just jump in on the uh, on the discussion. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think nobody thinks, and I don't know how. How do you think? How do those guys in Iran stay in power when eighty percent of the people hate them? They, they must have a, a massive prison system, like like Far East. Oh, they, they have a massive prison prison system, and they have totally disarmed their uh, their population. Well, if you if you, you know, look at. Are you going to fight back against the uh, uh, tanks with uh, rifles? Yeah, not very well, but no. on the other hand, you, there's a whole lot of damage you can do uh, uh, running a resistance there. How about your concealed uh, carry? You have access to arms. The, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, this, this, in, this entire stream that, 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 that Joe Biden is a, is a massive Iranian appeaser. I just don't buy it, Kevin. I just don't buy it. I mean, nobody's that dumb. Oh, he's totally an Iranian appeaser. That, I mean, this is look. This is this goes back to the Obama administration and the deal and the uh, deal that never got ratified, but they, the agreement that they did with Iran. They were so desperate. If you remember how that was going, every time it seemed like there was a deal with Iran, Iran would give them the uh, Colombo. Oh, one more thing, and they would capitulate. And then there would be oh, one more thing. And then they would capitulate because they were so desperate. And John Kerry, especially as the uh, Secretary of State, was so desperate to get a deal um, that they would do that. And that's just picked back up with the Biden administration. Okay, so it's the same people. What 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 about Reagan? Contrary to that, this has been going on forever, Kevin. This isn't a what about Reagan. We were talking about Iran. Okay, I, this, this guy's done an amazing amount of damage in two years. We've been dealing with Iran for, for as long as we you and I have been alive. Yeah, but. What was Iran's oil sales? Uh, uh, you know, we don't know that. We don't, we don't know. We don't know that. Uh, Where'd you get? Because we well, but anybody who's violated the embargo has not. You know, we we haven't done anything with them. Okay, so what are we going to do in India? Our new our new best friends. We're going to nuke them because they're buying the Iranian oil. Yeah, let's nuke them. Sure. Because, I mean, that's I, what I, because that's what I'm suggesting. No, but I, you, you're absolutely right. Whatever, we, whatever we, we, we have a lot of nuts we can squeeze. Yeah, whatever whatever we decide to do, whatever the people we think are our friends, whatever it is, I don't think anybody anybody for a second won't won't buy oil if it comes off cheaper. I mean, don't, people just you can't trust any of these people, Kevin. That's my point. I, I, it's why I don't. I wouldn't want the job. Let's put it that way. Let's say okay. okay. I mean, we're putting a huge squeeze on Russia. By the way. The 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 uh, India has just bought ninety bazillion gallons of Russian oil. Well, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, okay, and we were just over there. They're our new best buddies. They're a counterweight to China now, and, and they're buying Russian oil. I mean, this is this is a, this is a, a bleep show. 
where else could they buy oil if if only we were willing to uh, uh, max out our production? I don't know that we could get that much that quick. We can we can sure look to to have sanctions on uh, on Russian oil and to curtail production, and we've canceled a whole bunch of leases just in the last three months. Um, you know, to to so to do that um, is uh, is just silly, isn't it? Well, well we, we just opened up. We'll the sanction you, but you know what? We'll we'll just we'll 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 divert oil away from the world markets, and uh, and therefore uh, um, we'll uh, you know you'll have you'll have a place to sell your oil, even though we're saying by uh, by random chance, even if Biden is the dumbest man on earth, by random chance. As I used to say on the trading floor, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn. If the guy got up today and, and, and blessed motherhood, there's 15 stations and people that are going to say, God, the guy's need for blessing mother. We just we just opened up, we're going to import more oil from Venezuela. Okay, we said we're going to buy more from those guys, and they're bad guys too, but there's a million bad guys in the world. Well, that, that, now that's a problem. Okay, now that, that, that's done. We shouldn't be doing that either. I mean, is there anything anybody can do? And, and if we get a Republican in next time, is there anything he can do that Democrats approve of? I'd say, Kevin, somewhere along the line, some of these people do something decent, and even with it, all the crummy stuff. I mean, well, I, there, you know what? There's there's a whole uh, there, there's a whole realization amongst at least the pundit class of Democrats where they're saying, "Hey, we threw the baby out with the bathwater when we got Trump out of there because we don't like him," and and so anything that was, you know, that was right that he did, yeah, we weren't doing that either. Uh, and and, th- and that's happened. That see happened. a lot of recognition of that, and I'll find some. Well, well, what is what did the the uh, who's the guy McConnell, whose wife makes all the money? Uh, McConnell. He was the uh, uh, head of the Senate when when Obama was in office, and he said my 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 only goal for the next four years is to get him out of office or something. That's not really his job, is it? His job is to run the Senate. I mean, this this partisan crap is going way too far on both sides. Okay, I won't argue with you there. This is nuts. The question is how 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 do how do we first of all how do we manage the, the market that seems to be going down every day? How the hell are we? And we can't blame this on on one president. How the hell are we going to manage a thirty three trillion dollar deficit when all of a sudden our, our interest rates have gone from one and a half to five and gone higher? Where are exactly going to get the dough, Kevin? I don't, I don't care if, if you put Solomon in the Oval Office at this point. Where, where are we going to get the next $100 billion that uh, that the president wants to spend? Uh, uh, on you know he, The announcement came with Israel, but most of what he's proposing is actually to support Ukraine. Um, where, where are we going to get the next $100 billion there? And this is This is something we talked about back when they started doing uh, uh, COVID stuff. Um, the, the problem... Isn't where are we going? You know, what are we going to do about the money now? The problem is the irresponsibility over the decades. So that if you feel like you have to do something, you can't afford it. Well, and, and that's they, where we are now. And they and do it. Don't hear anybody ever talking about that? And they do it anyway with the with the insane idea that their stuff is really an investment. It's going to come back a hundred percent. Now there have been terrific government investments. Uh, that actually get paid back in spades. Probably the Tennessee Valley, Hoover Dam, Golden Gate Bridge, the tunnels in New York. I mean, you name it. Where actually there were tolls, and you know, what it did for commerce, you know, came back about a hundred times, Kevin. Yeah. But, but that doesn't mean. And, and, and at some point, uh, 
you know, in, in the, I'll give him credit. Actually, Kennedy was the first one who did it. But the uh, marginal tax rates for corporations used to be like 90%, which obviously nobody in his right mind would open up a business where if, if he was... If he made money, he owed ninety percent. If he lost money, it was all on him. Well, that's that's a little that's a little striking. Yeah, it's a little tough. Yeah. And I I think I think this boy memory's a little fuzzy, but I think Kennedy dropped that to seventy, and I think Reagan dropped it to fifty. Okay, so you can certainly make an argument at that level that that was very good for business. It was accretive, and probably you ended up with a lot more business at fifty than you ever had at seventy. And it probably had you a net winner. Okay, so now when you drop it down to forty or thirty, the same argument kind of runs out of gas, though. When you, when you get down to, you know, twenty-one versus twenty-five, I don't know about that one, especially when you don't collect half of it anyway or ninety percent of it. Um, so, you know, Trump's tax cut was was a tremendous. Don't worry, we're getting this back in spades without any sort of. Uh, going through it at all without any sort of retribution for the people who didn't pay that were overseas. And, uh, and oh, by the way, I think if you really look at it now, although I'm not an expert, you're, you, get, you can cheat more overseas now than you could before the thing was there. Okay, that was an abomination in terms of revenue for the federal government. And now this guy comes through with some huge bill and says, oh, by the way, we're going to get back 5G in spades and 10 years from now. They, th- this has been going on really virtually since you and I were born, Kevin, but really since Bush decided to put the Iran war, Iraq war on the credit card. If he would have said, uh, oh, by the way, we're going to go into Iraq to satisfy the neocons, and we're going to give everybody a 15% tax increase this year, temporary, until the war is over, I think we'll never have paid. Nobody would have voted for that, would they? Yeah, I don't even know if it needed to be 15%, but it, it, it should have been something, and that's that's the way I think we need to do business with this. I, I absolutely, I absolutely, I absolutely, but this comment, this idea that don't worry, it won't, it's not going to bother us, we'll just keep borrowing more, and yet there are people that are a lot younger than us that will, that will absolutely tell us we're out of our mind. What's the difference? As long as, in the mantra from all the people... Oh, wait, that's, that, that's two observations. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm saying the difference is the new yes, we are out of our minds. Yes, yes, we are. But, but the, the, the if you look at the mantra right now, the the one I was going to say something nasty, but I didn't think that the lady who wrote the book about the new new monetary theory or something. Mm-hmm. She's on. Isn't she on Biden's like board or something? Economic advisors. Oh yeah, her economic economic team is horrendous. Yeah, and, and, and now so you have these people, and, and the the mantra right now is. If you can tell people, w- without any sort of proof whatsoever, that's you know that that that's why whenever whenever he seems to know how all these all these arms are flying around, who's writing the checks? I don't know how everybody knows that because I can't figure it out. I've been I've been I've been studying for two weeks, but well, hey, Mike's on. Let's ask yeah. Mike. Well, how, let me, uh, let me, do let me do we have this. any idea where the arms are coming? Well, let from? me finish this real quick because we we'll bring Mike on after break because we got to go to break here in a sec. But what I'm saying is, Kevin, what they would tell you right now is my plans. They being Trump or Biden or whoever on both sides. This is not you or me, because you and me kind of know how to add. They would tell you, my plan, whatever it is, either cutting taxes or, or spending money, my plan is going to drive our growth rate from 2%, which I'm not even sure it is, if you, if you did a, a real number on the inflation. We're going to drive our growth rate from 2 to 3. And in the meantime, we're going to take our, our increase in uh, debt uh, per year it's it's only two and a half. We're gonna we're gonna bring that down to two point nine nine nine. 
and because we're, our our in, we're, our growth is, you know, a, a, a hair ahead of our, our increase in debt, we're okay and running forward thirty years and we're fine. That that absolutely is the mantra on both sides of the aisle. Even though they would never admit it, but that that's what they honestly believe. And if they come up with a, some plan where in their mind it's going to save money or or do something ten years down the road, they think they're fine. And I think they're all nuts and have for a long time. I, right now it looks like I'm right, but, but I don't want to be right. <laughs> but I'm saying that's the, that's the theory. If you say to one of these guys, hey, you're running up the debt, so what? The debt's going up 2.5% a year and, and we're growing 26 What's your problem, buddy? That, that's, that's where they are. Am I wrong? Well, no, I don't think you're wrong. And uh, I, I think the, the person that comes in, you know, <laughs> The the one thing is that if, if Trump wins, it sure would be nice if the, he was going he were inclined to do something about that, which he won't be, um, because he will be the guy who doesn't have to worry about getting reelected, because he'll be term limited, and uh, well, no, he won't. Uh, and so he could start us on a uh, on a on a path to um, uh, you know to uh, debt reduction without worrying about his reelection. I, I that's going to be the problem is. We're going to have to take our medicine here, or, or, or we're not going to like what happens. Well, we already are taking our medicine. I mean, servicing the debt now is as much as the defense budget. Yeah. What do you say? What do you say? We take a break instead, and we'll come back for our medicine. How does that sound? SP okay. futures down eight. Nasdaq futures down thirty-nine. Down again. Nothing but red the last few days. This is ugly. Be right back, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Right now. Well, North Bay Stocks and Jacks. I'm tomorrow. Greg Pappas on the board. You see this, Greg? Ten-year yield retreats from five percent. Doesn't really, doesn't really help the market out very much, but it has retreated. SP futures down 850, Nasdaq futures down 40, Dow futures down 69. Yesterday, uh, really, really a butt ugly day, like a couple in a row. Down on 250, SP futures down 36, Nasdaq down uh, 128. So that's a couple of, that's almost 3% in two days on the Nasdaq. It's, that's not good. Um, over in Europe, we've got the DAX down 170, it's 1.1%. FTSE down 57.8%. They're sort of hanging in there relatively. CAC around down 69, that's 1% full. Uh, European markets open at seven-month low on stuttering, stuttering global sentiment. I don't know what exactly does that mean. I don't know. We're, we're stuttering. Maybe I'm stuttering. Who knows? Uh, Asia, Nikkei down 171.5%. Hang Seng down 123.7%. 
two days or last week we thought they were going to bust through 18,000 Greg now they're close to busting through 17,000 17,172 Shanghai down 22 under 3,000 which I didn't think they would do 2983 uh, rung all again uh, down points uh, it's it's point seven percent bands we're down uh, five basis points to 4.94 we said we were over five percent yesterday in a 10-year which was causing some uh, real panic out of bun unchanged uh, at 2.91 Japan up to 0.84 and I think the, the government only wants it at 0.5 so they've kind of blown through their top which is real strange oil a buck 23 over 90 dollars 90 90 dollars and 60 cents Rent of a buck 15 93 53 natural gas unchanged 295 our bob up three cents 239 we've got gold really again pushing 2000 up 14 bucks 1994 silver which is the real mover here up 33 cents 2336 kind of blew through the top of that range we'll see if it gets whacked back down or not copper down three cents 356 they have not participated quite as much uh bitcoin uh, up 1200 bucks so these guys are starting to run here it's up four and a half percent 30,039 there's a lot of this talk of money flying around the world I think it's probably goosing some of this Bitcoin and the US dollar virtually unchanged again it's down a little bit against the euro euros at 1.059 it's up a little bit against the pound 1.23 so 1.21 the pound and the euro have been very steady the last couple of weeks which is kind of even weirder the whole thing's weird Greg what do you got for us Travis Weather Sports Morning, everyone. 635, uh, 52 degrees in Chicago right now, about 59 today. Cloudy and breezy. Phoenix, 70 degrees right now. Uh, heat wave continues, 104. Very hot with sunshine today. Heat wave until Sunday. Traffic's getting worse by the minute. Uh, inbound Kennedy, Montrose to the interchange, 43 minutes. Inbound Edens from Lake Cook is 62 minutes. Inbound Ike from Wolf is 23 minutes. The Ryan from 95th to the interchange is 19 minutes. And Stevenson from 294 to the Ryan is 23 minutes. MLB, we've got the Astros beating the Rangers 10 to 3. That series is tied 2 to 2. Everybody winning on the road. Everybody. And Arizona beat Philly, and that uh, that is 2 to 1. Hawks lose at Avs. They were blanked. 0 to 4 was the final on that one. NFL, Jags uh, win 31 to 24 at the Saints. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. I have a sports question for you, Mavens. Actually, more of a business sports question. How is it that the, mo- the most money anybody pays for the football, I believe, is Sunday night, is Sunday night football, which is on free TV. Monday was paid for pretty high, but they, never, they were, I don't think they were bid as, as much as Sunday night. They were on ESPN, and now, so far, every game so far, has been on ESPN and free TV, Channel 7 here. And yet, Thursday night is totally on this prime, which I don't watch it, so I don't even know the score. I don't care. But how is it <clears throat> these guys haven't figured out which model is the best at this point? It would seem that the free TV is competing very effectively with the cable. And yet, prime comes in and pays up a bunch of money, and they want Thursday night. What are I missing here, guys? Well, well go ahead. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, I, I think they know exactly what model they want. <laughs> And they're they're preparing for a world where every nobody is getting the uh, cable packages anymore. They're buying a lot of a la carte, and they're buying uh, uh, stream a lot of streaming services. And so I I just think the NFL's dipping its big toe in the water there and and getting used to it. But they've tried the Thursday night on cable three times. And they always came back to free, and now they tried it again. They just keep hoping it works this time, or what? Or they don't care about uh, Thursday night? I, I don't think they're hoping it works as much as they're... Well, I mean, yes, they are hoping it works, but I, I think they're more 
in, interested in how how to go about doing the production, because ultimately that's what they're what they want to do. Well, I guess I'll, I'll ask Mike. It seems like baseball is uh, they're on the free TV. Basketball went to uh, uh, pretty much cable countrywide, and now the people in Salt Lake City, I believe, just said we're going back on free TV. It, seems, it, it appears like it's not all that obvious, which is better, I guess. is my Well, ESPN is owned by ABC, so that's why the Monday night game is being aired on ABC, I think. Right. Uh, so so ESPN owns the rights to Monday night, so that now they're sharing it with ABC affiliates. And ESPN Plus, their streaming network, isn't – it's doing okay, but ESPN period, a guy, a friend of mine sent me some data on that, is doing better than the entire Disney entertainment division. So I don't think Disney wants to mess with the ESPN model other than maybe trying to get more people to go to ESPN Plus. Well, the it, I think a lot of it has to do, and we don't want to talk about this too much because we got other stuff, but a lot of it has to do with what level of cable sort of you're on, I think. Like, that's why. Oh, yeah. So I was going to say, I, I wouldn't say that baseball's all on free TV either because the whole league championship series are, you know, Fox Sports 1 and uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, TBS or TNT, yeah. one of the two. Yeah, yeah. TB, uh, TBS it is. Well, because Fox Sports oh. 1, I'm surprised. Cause that's what I was watching it last night. That's not on, that's not on a first. I. I I guess where, where I'm going with this is when, when when CNBC, the reason why they are way real popular is because they're on. If, if you if you get anything past the basic cable, you're paying twenty cents a month for CNBC, whether you know it or not. So that's that's where CNBC gets their revenue, is a, is a piece of that. Now Fox is on like the next layer, Fox Business. So one of the reasons why they're not as popular is not as many people have it. And then when you get to Bloomberg. You got to get like the fourth iteration. You got to get like the whole, you know, every station there is to get that one. That's why nobody watches them. And, and it's it has nothing really to do with who's better than the other guy. It's who you have. It's it's, the, it's what deal they can negotiate with the cable providers, and that's changing because uh, so many people are getting away from uh, uh, the cable packages. Well, I, I think I'm wondering if that too will. will die. I mean, you know what, Kevin? I don't. I said, fight with my cable company. I said, you guys got to drop this price. I said, I don't, I don't want five different things where I'm getting baseball on Hulu and that's costing me eight bucks and I'm getting something else on something. I don't, I don't know if that's the model we, we're in forever either. Do you? Well, well they, oh. they seem to be going to the streaming model and you can't switch back and forth. So maybe that's what the, the networks want. So you can't switch off commercials and things like that. Uh, yeah, man, I don't know what. I'm not so sure they know what they want at this point because. Well, look at it like this. If you look at the uh, product analysis, uh, the the growth is in wireless. Um, so, and and so what what does that mean? If if you were to look at uh, um, you know what what Comcast, what Xfinity Cable, or what Xfinity because that's their brand name now, uh, is selling. Do you see ads on there for a lot of cable packages? Remember, it wasn't but a few years ago. You could get the bundle, and the bundle would give you uh, voice and data and, uh, and and entertainment. And these were the package. You know, this was what. No, what are they selling now? They're selling wireless because as five G rolls out, you have 
that that has resolved a lot of issues with latency and with uh, with speed, with download speeds, and so on. And so the world, you know, is is moving, and they know it too. So wh what you see them advertising is Xfinity Voice all the time because they know that their future is all in wireless and that you have companies and, and, and they'll be doing the same thing with some of their uh, entertainment services. But you have companies like T-Mobile and AT&T and uh, uh, Verizon are out and you can get a 5G modem for your house. You don't have to pull a wire into your house anymore to get your uh, TV entertainment. You just pull it out of the air. So that's that's where it's going, um, and that's going to necessarily get mean that you know what what Xfinity is doing is they're just trying to milk every last dollar out of um, uh, out of the traditional cable that they can, which is why it's so expensive, and uh, and they're and they want to divert that into trying to crack the market for wireless because they're no better than fourth, and they may not even be fourth in the wireless world, and they need to get some market share there. Why why should I believe? Since in some areas, I mean, uh, when uh, even if you have the wire and the real high speed stuff, as they keep trying to do in these neighborhoods, if if you've got four or five people that are like gamers on the block, you never you never get your max. What makes everybody think that if everybody goes to five G and is gaming and doing every whatever they darn well please on the thing, that all of a sudden everybody's going to be okay? I mean, I don't, are we anywhere close to that? Well, they're, that's why they're building out the network. I mean, I'm not going to see 5G for quite a while where I live. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're still, you're well, still I, a deer in the backyard, for God's sake. Yeah. I, I, so I'm I'm not, but you you know you are, and that you know this this is just the way that the uh, um, that the market is developing for product. Um. Hey, back and, and so and, and and so that take it back to your original question. What that means is. People will be unplugging. People will be buying more people. A lot of people are anyway at a huge, uh, a huge abandonment rate for Xfinity and, and other cable providers. Uh, and more and more people are just going to be going to streaming services. And so that's why the NFL wants to be there. How, how much of that, Kevin and Mike? I mean, I don't. Know, is it, how much of that is the other stuff doesn't pay taxes? I mean, I, my bill's got to be eighty dollars taxes on it. Or if I got the dish, oh, I, I, I think they pay taxes, but I can't swear to that. I'd have to see the it's bill. A, it's, it's not. I know if you get the dish, you're not paying half as many because it comes off the air, and the city can't tax that somehow. The city can't tax that, so yeah. Well, it, it may be, but it, you know, for whatever reason, it does. It doesn't really matter. That's just the way the market is going. Well, getting back on our, our other subject, when we're trying to figure out where the uh, actually, I read something yesterday that it was the. Uh, the big powwow that the North Korean guy had with Putin, that he's getting nuclear secrets from Putin in return for stuff for Ukraine, and some of that, oh, by the way, is heading over to Hamas. So it's this big mess of... But let, let's, let's forget that for a second. Let's, let's kind of look at the, the bigger issue. As a matter of fact, I was having a long discussion with one of my attorney buddies last night about the, the migrant workers and what a big deal we're going to do this. And, of course, they're assaulting aldermen here now because nobody wants them in there. In their but, no, before before you go on to that though, I, no, I'd like to finish it because, Mike, you know what what do uh, you know? Do we have a pretty good idea of what's going on and what the what the uh, uh, sources of some of that rockets, uh, the rocketry and such is? Yeah, I think so, Kevin. I mean, uh, at the unclassified level, people are throwing around all kinds of numbers, and and that has to be backed up by some sort of fact. 
That's why, you know, I am absolutely certain that Iran is funding the Hezbollah movement, the Hamas movement, the Houthi rebels. And, you know, it's just, that's just the way that it is. And uh, there was a number thrown out uh, yesterday somewhere. It was a hundred million a year for Iran funding Hezbollah. And Tom, you questioned how the Iranian regime stays in power. Well, they have their security services are very, very strong. You have the IRGC, so the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Force. You have the Quds Force and all of the uh, security services of Iran. They're all working for the theocracy. And so that's how they keep uh, a muzzle on the people. Wow, that's going to be... So, but do you think that's a a two-year plan, a 10-year plan, a 100-year plan? I know it's, it lasts a lot longer than any of us ever suspected it would, certainly in China and other places. Would you say that's a, that's a forever plan over there? The, yes. It, they want Israel to... Their goal is Israel does not exist. Well, they don't like us either. And China's goal is long-term domination of the world. Yeah. Well, so on our end, you have to do several things, I think. You need to be militarily strong so they can't mess with you. But you also have to be um, economically strong, which we're doing our best not to. And I think to a large extent, and I I can't prove this, I wish Milton Friedman was still alive, I could ax him. Uh, I think what we've done to our currency and and the, the Western worlds have done, I think we've made it worse in a lot of these other areas. I mean... I think we're part of the reason that, you know, I'm not going to be a self-flagellant about this, but I think us dropping our money's worth to 40% has caused some of this unrest. Because, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why the Lebanon money is down 90%. And, I, and people in Russia and Poland and stuff that actually have, you know, $100 bills from 30 years ago as a storehouse of value, they're not worth as much. I, I, I think we have to be real careful economically to not screw up so bad that we militarily can't fight it. I mean, is, or is that a- well, you're absolutely right, but we are. We are on the path of Zimbabwe, where we're accelerating our inflation rate by printing money. So, and, and Trump didn't help this with COVID, and neither is Biden helping it by no. continuing to print money. They, they yeah, think, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't even think I don't think Trump was uh, Trump was helping it before COVID either. So no. he's he's not off the hook for this. If you if you uh, go back to Bush, every every president, Bush onward, has has doubled the deficit in their time in office. No, you're absolutely right. And Trump almost did in four years, but I'll blame part of that on COVID. I won't blame that all on him. But he was well on his way. If he'd have been there uh, two terms, he certainly. By the way, I, Kevin, you, you mentioned something earlier. If he wins, he can't run again. I'm not so sure about that. I think it's too consecutive. No, term. he he will. He, he's term limited. He can only win or run one more term. But what people are afraid of is that he'll try to change the constitution and try to become president for life. That's the what the anti-Trumpers will say. Well, you know, he'd like to, but he'd never be able to pull that off. Well, uh, you never know. Well, I mean, I, I, aren't there some technicalities? For for instance. If uh, if Obama, this ain't gonna happen. But if, if Obama was was named Speaker of the House right now, they can't find anybody else, which isn't gonna happen. Don't don't even. Too, if he became or or Bush, 
and all of a sudden the president vice president got killed, he'd be president. You, you, you can't get elected again, but you, you can serve again if, if it's something like that happens, I'm pretty sure. Well, you're you're probably right, but there's no way that would be the only thing to unite the Republican caucus is if Obama or Nancy Pelosi were nominated again to be Speaker of the House. Oh, what about Mike Murphy? <laughs> How, what are you, the poor guy who's the, the guy who's the pro tem? He doesn't even want the job. He could only bring them together three times. Now they're going to vote to give the guy more power. The guy's, I don't want any power. What, what are you doing to me? He'll be out of here. <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen the? Is this crazy? Then you got a guy who's running. Every time he gets the votes, he gets less votes. How, how do you manage? Well, that's because Jordan has irritated a lot of the Republican caucus. So how can know. how do they not have somebody that's a? Or is there anybody there? I guess I'll go back. To, I don't know the answer to this, but when guys like uh, Tip O'Neill and those guys ran, did they only get their own party's votes, or did they get more? I think they got more votes than their own party, didn't they? I don't know. I that. think you're right. I think they did, but the Freedom Caucus and the hard right guys in the Republican Party have essentially destroyed whatever bipartisanship we have had. Well, I also, but it, also the squad isn't helping things either. Right, but, so you know, it's just you know, it's just nuts. The um, the division within the country. Well, yeah, you know, we have we have three parties. So you, you have uh, you have the uh, very far left, you have the very far right, and then you have the uniparty. Um, and it's the uniparty members in the Republican Party that won't support Jordan at all, um, and uh, or not. I won't say not at all. That won't that have a lot of members who won't support Jordan. And a lot of that's just you can you can track down where the money behind them is, uh, and, and start looking at it from that point of view. But but I bring this up because you know so, because you you have these these fringes that are affiliated with a party and the Democrats are just much better at party discipline than uh, um, you're exactly right, Kevin. Well, you know, but it, why do you think you know? Ask, ask you guys this: when we when we were younger, uh, we were younger once. I remember I got some pictures. Uh, I'm older than that now, though. Yes, uh, when, when if you were on the on the left. Say Clinton, he was he was spectacular at this. You'd, you'd walk over to the to the lunatic left, and that's where they wrote the checks. Then you'd scurry back to the middle as fast as you could, and that's where the votes were. And same way on the right, you'd go to you know some total right right wing guy. You get your checks, and you get back in the middle. The idea was to sort of distance yourself a little from the guy you just got the check, but not far enough to where you pissed the guy off. Where, where Clinton had no no qualms whatsoever. He'd take a check and, and ignore you thirty seconds later. But the, the votes were in the middle. But now it seems like both parties seem like, even though they maybe don't put it on paper, seems like they're willing to almost go into an election with 20% of the hard vote, or 25, and, and the other side has 20% hard vote. And the people in the middle that I think, people like me, and actually to be a large extent, people like you guys, I don't think we're represented by anybody. Because we're you guys are fairly moderate Republicans. I'm probably... I'm, I'm, too moderate even for the Democrats now, so I don't know where I am. But, but I'm saying I think 60% of the people are just they're just taking a toss up on where, where we're going to vote. And, and, you know, because I, I I can't vote for either Biden or Trump. But I mean, I, there's got to be a million people, like there are more than a million. So the whole dynamic seems to have changed. Nobody seems to care about the middle. It's like a coin flip in the middle or something. Or, or, or am I wrong with this? This it seems really weird. No, I think you're right, Tom, uh, because the independent voters 
are essentially the swing vote. And that's probably why Trump lost because he irritated, you know, some of the the suburban wives and things like that. And it's independent voters, hopefully, and that's maybe we need an independent party, but that isn't probably going to happen because of the Democrats and Republicans are too strong. You can't you can try and get on a ballot, Mike. Yeah, well, yeah. it, it, and that's where you're right. It is difficult to get on a bell. Uh, when we first started the show, Kevin Reardon, before he got a job out in the Burbs, he used to come on every week. Kevin was a great guest, really, really good futures guy. Uh, not as good as Greg, you know, but he's a pretty good futures guy. I mean, he, and he, one day we're having a cocktail at the series, and he says, All right, Chief, you're a moderate Democrat. You don't have a party anymore. I'm a moderate Republican. I don't have a party anymore. Who the hell's our guy? And I said, "This is years ago." I said, "I don't think we got a guy, Kevin." I mean, to this day, I don't think I don't think we got a guy, do we? I don't. Yeah, probably not. You know, you you, you have this. Um, what, what do they call them? No names or you know whatever the um, no labels party that's trying to get some traction, and they're looking for someone like Mansion. But I think Mansion's just you know he's. I, I don't know if I'd call him the middle, but. Um, uh, so we have him, uh, and and of course you have uh, Kennedy Jr. Uh, Robert uh, Kennedy Jr. Uh, is is going to run as an independent. It'll be interesting to see how many ballots he gets on and where he gets on the ballots, uh, because I can assure you that the Democrats will fight uh, to keep him off of the ballot in every state. Uh, that I uh, one Sunday or Saturday was snowing. Couldn't leave the house. My man hadn't come by and shoveled yet. I went through how what it's like to get on the, a ballot. It is brutal in every state. I mean, uh, some states you have to you have to register to be a write-in for God's sake. I mean, it, it they've got they've got this all wrapped up. These two parties. I mean, I don't I mean the uh, Ross Perot. Did he did he end up getting it? I don't even think there's been an independent that's been on every every ballot. Has there? Even the Libertarian Party. If they did, it was just recent. I don't think. He, yeah. I don't state. know. As all as I know, is Ross Pro never got any electoral college votes. So, but if you, you know. uh, like Mike, if you if you were to run in Michigan, they publish. I think it's Michigan. They publish Colorado, maybe too. They publish everybody. So if you got my vote, it would be Mike Murphy won. In some states, they don't even they don't even give the if if you ran and you you got twenty thousand votes, they don't even they don't put your name down. I don't I don't think you could even be written in. It's it is real tough. I mean these. These parties, I mean, what's the joke? What, what's the difference between Russia and us? One party. <laughs> you know, yet you don't want to go the Europe model where there's 25 parties, and then you have this big coalition mess either. I, I don't know what the solution there is. I think the solution is for the parties to represent more of the people and not just the lunatics in, in each party, but that's not where it's heading. I don't think. No, you're, we become more uh, divided as we go on. What happens if uh, we don't get a speaker in 45 days? We shut down and even they more. don't pass a budget. Jesus, I hope. Uh, what, what is it? The uh, what's the song? Uh, Jolt and Joe. The the world t- turns our lonely eyes to you. I hope they're not turning to us. <laughs> well, that's where the you know the hateful eight in the Republican Party have kind of really screwed things up. Well, but, you know what. Oh, I, I think what we need to do is uh, is start the uh, the draft, Denninger, 
Yeah. Or, and draft Carl, who is also on here. So, Carl, are you going to... I resemble uh, that remark. I will not serve. Uh, if, if nominated, I will not run. <laughs> I, I resemble that remark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I will say this. You guys got me so much... You know, you got me over on the lefty side here, which I'm not really... I'll tell you what. I am... I'm further right than the than the crazy eight that Mike's talking about when it comes to this federal deficit. I I, I don't think we can exist like this. I think we become a third world power if we if we don't fix this mess. We are on our way, Tom. That's the point. I mean, and, and that, I tell you what, if you, you stuck me in Congress, that'd be the furthest right there is. And we got to figure out what we're doing with this money stuff. And now that we're paying, what what are we? What's what's five percent of thirty three trillion? For God's sake, it's a uh, one point. Well, ten percent would be three hundred thirty billion, so we're one hundred seventy billion in interest next year. The way I calculate it, am I wrong? That's a lot of dough. Yeah, we're oh, we're, it, we're in a real spiral here. Yeah, it's kind of not. Um, plus, we don't have to talk about Notre Dame this week. They got to buy. Watch everybody else lose. Let's hope so. We can always cheer against USC. That's a holy thing to do. Yeah, well, so. and there's a good game on Saturday at noon, Ohio State versus Penn State, and I will pick Penn State right now and doom them, but I'm going to say they're going to surprise Ohio State. All right, so if they beat up on Ohio State, then we want Ohio State to beat Michigan? Oh, yeah. Yes. We want everybody to lose now. <laughs> that's that's, that's exactly right. we got to get to two losses. Everybody's got to get two losses. Everybody's got to get to two losses. Uh, thanks, Mike. As usual, good stuff. Uh, I was really st- stunned. Whoever sent the picture of uh, the Hamas stuff, with, and they got the red stripes on it that the that the North Korea used to identify their own weapons. God's sake! You think they'd at least paint it over the darn stuff? <laughs> they don't need to care. I, I guess they don't care. SP futures down five. Nasdaq futures down twenty six. Short break. Right back, Mr. Uh, Carl Denninger. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Something happening. Hello, Norman Jacks. I'm Tom on Greg Peppis on the board. SP Futures down six. NSA Futures down 29, which is not good because we're down from yesterday, but we're up a little higher than we were earlier. Markets look lousy the last few days with this interest rates going up. Uh, Ten years backed off a little bit from the uh, uh, 5%. It's like 493 now, but the 30 year is kind of comfortably over 5 at five over 5.1. Uh, Carl, it looks like kind of a mess, and yet. In, in the midst of all this stuff, you've got individual stocks that are are, are crazed, like uh, the Lulu Lums in the world, the people that 
nobody seems to care about you know 100 times earnings and 70 times or 50 times revenue and in the, in the midst of this there's still people chasing stuff and uh i don't know how the, there's it seems like there's so many conflicting things going on it's really kind of hard to to even keep your eye even even i have investments in uh for my people in gold and silver and we've got some of the gold index why the gold miners index is not at all keeping up with the gold does that mean these guys don't make any money anymore there's like everywhere you look there's questions it, it seems to me not many answers well let me just give you one example and then you can extend this to basically every firm that has done what they've done uh, that would be pretty much all of them over the last 15 years or so uh, place called Convoy just shut down uh, Convoy uh, which by the way I didn't follow until I saw the shutdown notice uh, was a firm that tried to arbitrage the independent truckers business and their idea was we've got a load board you know pretty much every trucking company has a load board right here are the yep. loads that are available you you go get them okay you used to get that we, at the truck stop no no it's oh like, no really yeah. yeah you know we used to have stuff like this right well you know we, we're gonna we're gonna fintech this thing we're gonna put technology to this we're gonna we're gonna hire a bunch of guys in india and we're gonna code up a bunch of code and, and, and by god we're gonna take over the world you know, pinky in the brain stuff. Okay, well, um, they just shut down. And I'm just going to read a little piece of the letter that ended up on X uh, la yesterday afternoon. I can't get used to this X. Uh, well, neither can I. It's twatter as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, so here it is. So, what happened? In short, we're in the middle of a massive freight recession and a contraction in the capital markets. This combination ultimately in, uh, crushed our progress. At the same time, it was crushing our logical strategic acquirer. Wait a minute. These guys, by the way, burned $900 million. They just got to get more money. Another acquirer. It's all they need. More well, money. Well, okay. So, um, so that paragraph tells you everything you need to know. These guys did not build a business that was operating cash flow positive, that was capable of surviving on its own. They took a bunch of cash, which was put in because people were able to get money without having to actually pay a real interest rate for it. Yep. They built a business that was a cash furnace that existed on arbitraging something that was unstable because of other instabilities in the market. Didn't make any money. And the entire business model was build this thing and sell it to some sucker. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Before something goes wrong, or run the run the price of the stack up on expectations. Have the five people up top sell theirs. And everybody else oh well, you you can you can bet the guys at the top got paid nicely oh, during yeah. this entire fiasco, right? Okay, so they're gone. Poof. Nine hundred million dollars evaporated, uh, turned into smoke. And and yet, the people running around boohooing that all these these folks lost their jobs. Well, look, <laughs> I was the guy, well, one of two or three of us, that turned the lights out when video cart went under. Well, wow. Chi in Chicago, I have a really stupid question since I was kind of involved in the trucking business, well, working on the truck docks. I guess didn't exactly get me in the business, but I also worked for Allied Van Lines higher up the chain. Um, and 
what exactly is your cut for getting somebody a load? It used to just be on a bulletin board, for God's sake. Well, these guys, and I, I did a little bit of digging around, and it appears these guys were were basically managing, they found a way to arbitrage off about a couple of thousand dollars a load. Okay. All right, now... So that's like a, a you know, what's the thing where everybody gets a job? Uh, you need Indeed? They, they charge for the, for the posting or something? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know precisely how their business was structured, but that was, you know, that was kind of you know how the numbers ended up kind of working out right um which uh, and and here's the basic problem this is the same sort of thing that went on with airbnb vrbo and all these other guys uh and and is now blowing up in their face and it's going to lead to some serious problems there too uh anytime that you build a business that is not based upon delivering products or services to customers you're trying to find somebody else's uh, extra pat of butter that they left on the table and and find some way to consume it, right? I mean, that's basically your business model. Uh, You are now existing on the stupidity of other people when you get down to it. That stupidity always ends. Because the only way that it happens over any period of time is because people get fat, dumb, and stupid. And, and the reason they do it is because people in the government, usually, uh, make this something that they can do. Okay, if I, you know, if I can, quote-unquote, borrow money and I never actually have to pay for it, yeah, it's a then... Big, especially if other people have to pay for it, you really got an advantage. Well... Okay, and, and you know, I wrote a column the other day on this. It's called "You All Really Love Inflation." You love inflation, Chief. Yeah, oh yeah. I, okay, I've, I've been you, around you, it my whole life, and every time I see it, I always see people getting hurt. It's always well, the same but you, but you, but you know what, Chief? Your clients love inflation. Uh, yeah, I just hope they don't love it too much. Well, no, they they love it a great deal. Yeah, as long as it's in house prices and stocks. That's right. Okay. The only difference well, is is that is that a lot of my people are a uh, retired age and stuff, and the idea that they have to walk out on the risk curve to get that money, even though it's worked out, has always made me very nervous. Well, it, here's here's the basic problem. Okay, the people who who run this trope, and it's what it is, are all lying. Oh sure. And the reason they're lying is this. The average schmo, unless you're Jeff Bezos or somebody like that, okay? The average schmo, what are you able to actually put away and quote-unquote invest? Maybe 20% of whatever you make? I'm going to say, when when I was young and you were young, I'm not accusing you of being When I was young, it was, you're lucky if it was 50 bucks. Well, but I mean, there, there were, <laughs> I, my, my, my blue-collar family would, would make $100 a week and 20 went in the bank, and they were able to live on 80 Maybe you know, maybe yeah. that exp- so well, that, okay. That, that's how that that's was, how you built wealth. Now, yeah, now that was forty. That was forty years ago. Yeah, but I'm saying that's how you built wealth. Now, that's not how you build wealth. Now is you, you get into Apple at the low price and you your four hundred one k. Nobody can save money to build wealth. I mean, unless you well, have a. I mean, there, there are. I mean, Audrey. Had, I shouldn't say nobody because Audrey had, does have clients that maybe, you know, some guy's an electrician or a plumber. Marries a lady who's a nurse or uh, a uh, being sexist here, but I'm not trying to be. They actually, for two or three years, they want a house. They actually do save up forty grand and don't go out, and they've they've got this vision, and that's what they do. So it's not like nobody does it anymore. Some people do. 
I, I know, but but here's but in the economy as a whole, right? Savings this are is, useless. This is not what we do, okay? Oops. And and so okay, we have okay, this. You don't even. What's what's the? You, well, you, here's you, you well, send here's, it to me. What's what's the average person if they get a fifteen hundred or two thousand uh, dollar expense? They they have the wealth to put it on the credit card, but very few people can write a check. Well, that's right. And so so here's the other thing that goes with this. Okay, so. You, you are ecstatic that over the last three years, the so-called price of your house has doubled because you had uneconomic interest rates, right? Nobody in their right mind would ever loan you money for 30 years at 3%. Right. Nobody. All right? Uh, six or seven? Yeah. Um, three? You're out of your effing mind. Well, unless, right? unless yet, the government's going to lend it to well, you at uh, one, uh, yeah. Except it really isn't, okay, because how, uh, how does that work from the government's point? Well, you can see what's happened to the bu- the government budget deficit and yeah. what's actually happened. Right? It doesn't work, no matter how you do it. But here's the thing. If your house price went out, doubled in the last three years, the value of your house, why are you complaining about your grocery bill doubling? Well, your house price necessarily hasn't because of the, the price of all the other houses. You're right. If that's If that's what you have... We should. You and I could do a whole show, two hours. I, I show know, but, but chief, you know where I'm going. Yeah, with this, right? but the, the thing of it is, uh, what I'm trying to get to here, and I'm not trying to make a sexist comment here, but if it's not really an investment good, even though it sort of is, because you're because if you're going to live somewhere, you're trading dollars. But name but chief, me the, it never, chief. It never is. Okay, it's, but it, name, it, name, right, what I'm saying, you and I can have stock that ran from ten to two hundred. And we can just sell it, and and nobody, and we don't give a crap. We just sell it. But right. if your house, there have been times. I know one guy who did this, and I don't think his wife was real happy with him. I think he was like a frying pan upside the head. In two thousand and seven, he had a house that went way up to like a million bucks. He told wifey, "We're selling it, and oh by the way, we're renting for two years. These prices are coming back down." I she was ready to run him over with a car. Now, but he did it anyway. He ended up getting divorced, but and and, and worked out perfect for him. People, yeah, well, guess know. what? I had people, you know, at the end of 06, I had real estate agents on Saturday mornings. I had waterfront property in Florida. I had them banging on my door, 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm in my freaking bathrobe having a coffee. I, I haven't even gotten dressed yet. I'm sure it was one and, of those British kind of bathrobes, real expensive. Well, there wasn't, yeah, and it wasn't listed for sale either. Okay. They're pounding on the front door. Hey, I got a couple out in the car wants to buy your house. That's how I sold. Uh, uh, that's how I sold my place in Beverly. Right, well, the agent came up said these guys want a, a house with a lot and a half for years for sale, and I gave them a price. She goes, "They'll do that." And they did. And I'm like, "Well, hey, and, and uh, well, but you know, the, the problem was this: if I'd sold it, I would have had to buy something that was equally inflated in order to live. Right, right, because I had to have somewhere to live. I'm saying you're trading and, and hours. It, well, the other thing is, at the time, I had a kid that was still in school. Well, plus I, you'd be stunned if you want to see if you, if you have a nice three bedroom ranch in Orland. Or someplace, uh, and you're and you're paying. If you try and rent one, you're talking three grand a month. Oh, I know. And yeah, I, that yeah. was the thing. It was I mean, I knew what the market looked like around us because you know I lived there for crying out loud. It was my hope. Yeah. And and I you know and I told him I said, look, I mean, you know, yes, this this would if I was single or my daughter was an adult, I said this would actually sound somewhat enticing because I would get the blankety blank out of here and go somewhere where it was nice and cheap. I said, unfortunately, that's not the world I live in. And uh, you know, have a nice day. Well, the people who but, make out like I don't even know you. 
is if your your parents have one of these really nice homes somewhere and it goes from the two hundred grand they paid for it to a million eight or something, and all of a sudden they croak, you sell it and split it up among two kids, and then the prices come flying down. You make out like a bandit, but you're not going to do that while your parents are in the place. Well, and I, you know, and I looked at the. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there was there was a period of time during the you know the crazy. I mean, it's the things are are still stupid here in terms of ask ask prices, but yeah. the, the stuff's not moving, and you know, and that's because of you know rates are no longer three uh, percent. But uh, you know, when when the insanity was going on, I'd only lived here for a couple of years. I seriously thought about buying a big fifth wheel and renting a storage unit, putting all my stuff in there, and disappearing for two years. Yeah, and saying, well, you know, hey, guess what? I'll take the arbitrage bet that, uh, you know. Of course, the problem with doing that is you have to pay taxes on the money, right? Because you're you you blow through your exemption limit. And so I was like, mm, you know, maybe not. Uh, but I. It, this this entire concept that we have, we've, and, and it's it's one of the points I made in my book in Leverage when I wrote it. Whenever you start these inflationary cycles, they feel great to everybody, and the reason is if you t- if you take Excel, or you just a piece of graph paper if you don't want to you know use that or you don't have uh, Excel you know go use Google Sheets or whatever you know I mean there's you can get the same work. Take two exponential curves, start with one smaller than the other. So, you know, your, your income is $100,000, and your debt is $10,000, okay? Put a slightly larger exponent on the debt, say 3%, income is 2%, all right? When you start that and you run that series out and then you graph it, what you'll notice is that there's a belly in that curve, and it gets wider for a little while. And that gap is your apparent wealth. That gap gets bigger at the start of the series. This makes you feel good because you think you are getting ahead, that there is some magic in this. You're wrong. Every single time you go far enough out, those two lines cross and you're dead because you can't make the payments. And that's and it, it, it's mathematics. There's nothing you can do about this. It's fact. And yet that is exactly what we've done. And every time these lines have threatened to cross, we have had the government come out and say, oh, but we can solve this problem. We'll just spend some more money. We'll just run a bigger deficit. You know, mm-hmm. and you noted in the last hour. You know, every president has doubled the debt. Right. <laughs> I mean, you go back, how far how many far you want to go? All right, well, every single one of them, and I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat, every single one of them has done this. They've done it on purpose. And I don't know that uh, Biden today, I don't think he has enough, you know, enough cylinders firing to actually understand what he's doing. No. But I guarantee, I guarantee that Trump did, because that's how Trump made all of his money was by playing this exact game with commercial real estate and hiving oh, everything along. As much as I despise Trump, there's no comparison on the knowledge of how the money actually works and, and that kind of stuff between him and Biden. I don't think there's any Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And I'll tell you what. And, and by the way, Obama was not stupid either. And he knew exactly what he was. He knew that this was going to happen as well. And in fact, Obamacare and the student loan mess that he created were both done because those segments of the economy were starting to fold back as a result of this. 
and I can prove that from the mathematical numbers. Well, the the idea of the original thought, well, as much as I could figure it out, uh, of the Obamacare, it's it's sort of the same thing. And, and a lot of the people on the far right really vilified Hillary's attempt to come up with some sort of a a national policy. But well, it didn't work. It, it couldn't work mathematically. Okay, what I'm saying is the 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 but everybody starts from the assumption. I'm not saying you are. They start from the assumption that the the current system in 19, in whatever it was, 1994 was sustainable. It wasn't. The, right. the, the system was falling apart. Well, yeah, but but see, that's the but rather than go after, I mean, look, <laughs> the Supreme Court told us in the late 1970s that what the medical system and pharmaceutical system were doing was illegal. Well, okay, now we're, I'm saying that I'm, right. I'm going to talk more about hospitals, how they... Same thing, Chief, but rather than solve the problem, right? our government, because we, you know, let's, uh, let's face it, when you get down to it, we're the reason Congress is there. All right, Congress writes every appropriation bill. Congress appropriates money. The president does not appropriate money. Congress appropriates money. Congress sets fiscal policy. The president doesn't set fiscal policy. The president sets sends up a set of requests. So if, the if, if, they go way off, if they go way off the reservation, he can start vetoing stuff, and nobody wants that. Well, but but that's the what point Jerry is, Ford is, did. He started vetoing stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, it, you could, you know, you make me president. My first, my first thing is going to be: look, here, here is what has to happen, and until it doesn't vetoing every single bill you send. Well, now just, you can override them if you want, but the fact of the matter is, I'm not signing a single bill until you do this. But the what I, what I was, just so everybody understands where I'm coming from, I started the conversation. I'll finish briefly, Carl, because I know you got a better stuff, but. One of uh, Audrey's best friends, and she, they were in color guard together. Uh, her husband was the chief of purchasing at, I'm going to say, the biggest hospital in Illinois outside of Chicago. Right? I'm not going to name it, but he's been retired for forever. Uh, and I said, how, how does this all work? And he goes, funny you should mention that. <laughs> we only had a couple of beers. I said, well, fire away. <laughs> and it, it, was, it, was a, it was an amazingly an intricate way of, of people in the hospital essentially paying for other people in the hospital. So... The, the people who were was sick and had money essentially insured the people who didn't. Same thing happens in colleges. Well, right, but I'm saying, he said we have, this is, ugh, this has to be 1992, you know, and he says we, we have the, uh, this is right when Hillary kind of was starting her shtick, he says we have the people come in with the, with the full, full bore policy, whatever you, whatever you charge them, they pay, and oh, by the way, if they got a baby, those are the ones you... You give, them, you give them the box of diapers on the way out for 100 bucks, and they don't even blink. So you got 20% of the place are those people. Then you got another 30, maybe, that are insurance companies that have kind of negotiated deals. Now, those guys, okay, the, the baby's five grand, and, and you don't give them any diapers because you don't get any more for it. Uh, then there's the next group is like Medicare, and you get this. And the bottom rung is Medicaid, where you get like $100 a day, whether they're staying in a room or whether you do brain surgery, and that's all you get. I'm sure right. that just changed. He says, so you gotta, you got to manage this whole mess. And I'm sitting there going, that's not going to last very long. Not only that, it's illegal. Well, yeah. But, but, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, beyond, beyond the other problem that, that it's unsustainable, it's also against the law. Well, so the idea was initially that if somehow or another we could get everybody with some sort of insurance 
that and not go socialized on it, but we get everybody with some kind of insurance where everybody's paying something, then we're not screwing the people that have the good policies, and in theory, those policies should actually come down in price, and we should have a better payment system all across the board. But, okay, but, but yes. it didn't work out that way. No, and the, pro- the problem, Chief, is that it only, it only can work if you enforce the anti-monopoly laws, and the reason is that if you run an insurance company, because insurance companies are capped on their operating profits okay, yeah. by state regulation, the only way an insurance company can grow is to either pay more claims or more expensive claims. Well, you know, you know who's you know who's actually dealt with some of this oddly. I don't, I, I don't know if you know anybody who's on Medicare, but I, I do. And if if you get to be sixty five and you say, because what I mean, what's the biggest bitch against people that are that have insurance is you're going to wait till you get diagnosed with cancer and buy the insurance the day before. But right. you, know, you know what's happened with the Medicare? Actually, has in in some ways has dealt with that. If you if you say, well, I don't, I'm not in any prescription. Oh drugs. no, you get screwed if you if well, you try you get, to do you, that. Yeah, you, you you say it's 65. Well, I'm not in any prescription drugs. I'm not buying that. And all of a sudden, something happens, and you get your first taste of a pharmacy, and you walk out of there with a 500 bill. The first thing you do is scurry to the Medicare. What is it, Part D or something? And you buy it, and they go, okay, but and you get penalized. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, they say, well, you should have had it from day one. You were you were decided to self-insure. We're not going to. You got to pay 10 or 15 dollars more a month for the rest of your life. Because of the right. of the two years you didn't buy it when everybody else was buying it. By the way, and I don't have a problem with that. Actually, I honestly don't. But, uh, by the way, it's not ten or fifteen dollars. My mother ended up doing that by accident after my dad died. Well, the person I know who's, who did it was like, only like nine months later, or a year later, or something. Okay, like well, this was uh, this was about a year and a half, and she got hammered. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a penalty. It's, it, so it yeah. essentially says, okay, but you know. The, uh, well, here's the thing. I mean, you know, she didn't do it to try to arbitrage the system. She no. did it because she just wasn't paying attention. But, uh, but okay. you know, the thing is this, is that, uh, you know, penalty applies either way. Sorry, no way out of it. Even though she didn't consume any of it at all and wasn't trying to buy it because now she needed it. Okay. I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't trying to game the system. A lot of people would, but, you know, that wasn't what she was trying to do. It didn't matter. She got hammered for the rest of her life with that. And, and, you know, I mean, I, okay, that's the scheme, right? I mean, that's the way it works. And, and I got sorted out, but I'm like, look, Mom, there isn't anything that you can do that, <laughs> that unscrews this, this egg. You, know, you broke it. Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, it was one of those kinds of things. So I understand, but, I, but here's, the basic, here's the basic problem you have with all this. What Hillary tried to do is, is essentially shove all of this into the government's maw, if you will, right? And then Obamacare was an attempt to do it, but not do it. Right? Obamacare was an attempt to do it, but but through the so-called exchanges and the so-called private sector, even though it's not really, you know, but did nothing about the price fixing. It did nothing about the fact that all of these, every one of these institutions violates 15 U.S.C. Chapter 1 100 times a day. And these are supposed to be criminal felonies. You're supposed to do 10 years in a can for this. And yet we have a policy within the Department of Justice since Arthur Anderson that absolutely nobody goes to jail as long as they're a corporation. Right. Because, oh, my God, if you do that, somebody's going to lose their job. Right. Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, you want to know where the entire problem is. You know, we, do, we don't have the, the last MTS, the Treasury statement for the fiscal yet. 
Uh, it'll be out here in the next few days. But through the end of September, the end of uh, August, we do have it, and the entire deficit, the whole thing, is in CMS, which is Medicare Medicaid. The whole thing, and we are on a run rate where that is more than two. Tr- it's going it's to my best guess going to come in about two point one trillion between those two programs. Only about three hundred and fifty billion of that is offset by taxes. Well, that's right. Yeah, we're not, they're not even close. No, it's uh, well, it's an eighty percent operating deficit. Right? I mean, that's insane. And yet that's where we are. And it grows every single year. And people are like, well, you know, the COVID was, you know, COVID was a big deal. And, you know, that was that was very bad. That was a huge distortion. Da, da, da. It's over, guys. Yet the problem continues to expand. And so here we are with, you know, with this runaway freight train. There's nobody in the cab. Somebody stuck a toolbox on the dead man switch. And, you know, and it's going 90 miles an hour. There's a city up ahead. Uh, hello. I, I, there is going, there is absolutely, this, this has to get stopped. And Congress is where the problem lies. And it, it, all these people run around thinking Jerome Powell is just going to turn the taps back on and say, okay, you know, we'll just yeah, well, we, we've, been, we've, we've actually got people. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, that's, 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 not, ha- that's no. not going to happen, Chief. And if you're if if you've got people that are betting on this, tell them they're going to go bankrupt. Because he's not going to do it. He knows where that leads. He's not stupid. And he but he so knew the far, he knew the first time. He, he he just did it with Silicon Bank. Well, I understand. Except there's a difference between doing that and cutting rates. And we you know and bringing this back out here. I I'll tell you right now, the guy he he's not stupid. Well, he knows he can't do it now because the inflation's. It's, it's well, that's well. That's yeah. exactly the problem. Is if he does it now, inflation goes to double digits and stays there. All right? He can't do it now because he knows where that ends. It ends with him being eaten. Yeah, and that's not rhetorical. No, it's, it, it, he. Uh, I was. Uh, I was just going to ask you some kind of weirdo question um, because it is sort of a weirdo question. It's. It's kind of we we're doing the Middle East stuff earlier. Now we're looking at this. I mean, you know, I don't know if a lot of listeners know what a. What a manufacturing engineer does, uh, and he, and w- they'll sell you. I'll, I'll use a railroad car analogy. Carl, of course, we talk about a computer, but all of a sudden, somebody s- sends you a picture or a drawing of the of the side of the car, right? With a huge list of all the parts and all the stuff on there, and and you can look at it and say, "Wow, that's like really cool." Well, the guys I was always the most enamored with, in the sense of I was jealous of their knowledge. They would look at the drawing from, uh, and uh, they look at it and they go, "Okay, here's where you start. You take this piece and you bolt this one to this piece, and the next one you do this, and all of a sudden you get the the process of how you get from A to B of a pile of parts and a pile of fixtures and at the end. I always thought the person that could visualize the pr- the progression of that from A to B to C to D was absolutely spectacular. In my mind, I I could never do that. Uh, so. The uh, yeah, it's the kind of thing that I do, but with code. But I mean, you and I talk about, it, and I think when it comes to, I mean, as Russell says, you know, you said to me, Chief, you are one of the top one percenters when it comes to monetary knowledge. You went to school there, and you keep up with it. Nobody else does. Not no, you do, and a few people. But I don't. I'm not exactly sure if you put the reins in my in my hand, and I have even with the people on the show helping me, who I think are brilliant. 
I'm not so sure what my first step would be in the Middle East. I'm not so sure what my first step would be here. It seems like I don't know the progress. Let's do A this week, B next, next week, C, and in five years we can say we fixed it or, or came close. I'm not sure where to start here, Carl. I, re- I really aren't. Well, the, you know, the Middle East problem goes back at least to the Ottoman Empire um, and, and the, the accord there uh, at the end of World War I. And you can argue it goes back you know, thousand plus years before that, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, you're not going to that. That's an essentially an unsolvable problem. It's the same sort of issue you have with Ukraine, right? In that, when you look at Ukraine, Ukraine is is ethnically roughly, give or take, or depending on exactly when, four tribes of people all of whom are perfectly happy to cut each other's heads off and eat their children. Yeah, and, right. and and the Middle East, well, it's been that way for a thousand years. Okay, It's, it's been that way since Rome and then the Ottoman Empire went under. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. and, and the Middle East is the same basic deal. The Balfour Accord, the Balfour Declaration, was, was essentially uh, Britain and France trying to take an uninvolved area because the Ottoman Empire was in the process of disintegrating at the time uh, and and divvy up what they saw as an extraordinarily resource rich part of the world, which it is France wanted Iraq they wanted the oil I, and, you know, it's, and it's this, surprising that I mentioned yesterday that I read this book about oil in the uh, uh, in the Middle East, it actually was found in Iran first, which I was surprised. Yeah, yeah. I, I but, thought it was but, bubbling out of the ground in Saudi in some spots. No, well, but uh, you know, but the thing is, is it where was it? You know, who tried to exploit it first, and on what? Yeah, I mean, there's all the history. You can go through. You can read all the history on this, okay? But the but it was it was the when the Ottoman Empire was collapsing and the Balfour Declaration was made, which was you know post just post World War One. This this was essentially Great Britain and France's attempt to divvy up what they wanted over there, and it was a, it was a resource grab, just like you know. I mean, come on, most wars when you get down to it at some level are right. This one was no, uh, no Mike Royko, They got it. We want it. Let's take it. Yeah, it was basically yeah. And so there you go, uh, and that is what put in place the structure that allowed for the partition in what happened after World War II. But for the De Balfour Declaration, nobody in their right mind would have tried it. They wouldn't have even thought about it. Well, whoever, whoever, to, whoever put Iran, Iraq together with three parties that never going to get, get along. Now, this all, was this Churchill? Was this T.S. Lawrence? I mean, this, T.S. Lawrence... This was, this was a bunch of, uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch of shadowy stuff behind the scenes, okay? There's, there was a large Zionist movement at the time. It was... Uh, there, there was it's complicated all right and exactly who did what i mean how much of the history is manufactured i don't know right i honestly don't know i mean you know i know what you can read but but how much of that is you know is embellished in one form or another the, the people that win wars are the ones that write the books so you know world war 1 had just ended when all of this stuff was was going on it was getting started so I am I am rather agnostic about the truth of you know of all of this because I can't put all well, you, of it you together. Could, you could probably kind of trace how many million people die into the Treaty of Versailles. 
Oh yeah, I mean, there's, there, you know, there's, there's a lot of history here that is rather shadowy because the people who won are the ones who got to put the pen to paper. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that this part of the world has been full of people who try to kill each other for a long time. A big part of why the Ottoman Empire blew up was exactly that. It was the same reason that, uh, you know, 30, 40 years later, uh, the Soviet Union essentially hived off Ukraine and gave it its own status, essentially its, its sort of self-directed status, even though it was part of the USSR, because they couldn't govern it, and they knew it. They had four tribes that were trying to kill each other at a, at the first drop of a hat. Well, I didn't, so you have the, I didn't. We had a decent break here, but I didn't. I didn't realize until I read, uh, um, what's his name's book, William Kennedy's, about how much of the world's oil supply was was carved up at Versailles. Oh yeah, the Germans got none of it. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that's the future. Well, that's what happens down, when you lose a war. That's the future. <laughs> down well, but, this, but they're carving up oil supplies of other peoples, right? <laughs> which well, is, yeah, which they, is, they, <laughs> the, they weren't the losers that they took it from. Right? You you, you can't have Saudi. We got it. <laughs> okay, that's the future's down sixteen. Nasdaq futures sixty seven. We're leaking the south here again. I don't know what's going to turn this bus around, but be right back. Stacks and jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. It wasn't lies, it was just bullshit. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, don't back stocks and jocks. I'm Tamal. We got Greg Pappas on the board. Uh, Craig's going to tell us how we how we fix the whole world here because he he sees us struggling to do it. He's going to tell us how to do it. I'm just going to say SP futures down 1550, Nasdaq futures down 64. Are we ever going to stop going down here, Greg? Maybe. Um, are, are you picking 50, a bottom? 50, are you 50, picking 50 a bottom? Shot. Oh god, you're not picking a bottom. Dow down 130. Over in Europe, these guys are not doing so hot here. Uh, open up, they're opening at seven month low on stuttering global sentiment. I don't, I don't know if I'd have picked that word there, but I, I like that. The DAX down 200 even, uh, 1.3%. Puts you down 74, a full 1%. CAC around down 82, 1.2%. So they're looking ugly. Uh, Nikkei down 171.5%. Hang Seng down 123. You're getting close to 17,000. They're not 18,000. 17,172. Shanghai down 22. That's 0.7% under 3,000. I didn't think that was going to happen there either. 2983. Uh, yesterday, just a review of the carnage. Dow down 250, S&P down 36, NASDAQ down 128. Uh, bonds uh, were unchanged here at 4.988. So 
We've ducked under 5 by just a little bit, but uh, not by much. The Belinda Unchanged 2.93, they're pushing towards 3. I can't even imagine what their, their, their inventory of bonds by the European Central Bank looks like when they bought these things at less than 0. Ugh, they're going to be trading like 40 cents on the buck. Uh, Japan Unchanged at 0.85. Uh, oil, up 85 cents, 90.22, back over 90. Brent up 78 cents, 93.16. Natural gas down 3 cents, 292. Arbob up 2 cents, 238. Uh, gold, which has been rallying, it's up another 630, trying to get to 2000, 1986. Silver up 22 cents, 23.25. Uh, copper down 3 cents. They have not participated with silver and gold here as much. 356. We've got crypto at a big rally up 928. Well, it was up over 1,000. Uh, 29,674. And we have the U.S. dollar virtually unchanged. It is it is held steady through the whole last two weeks and everything else moving all over the place. It's really bizarre. Uh, Greg, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. That's even more bizarre. Morning, everyone. Seven thirty-eight right now. Chicago's fifty-two degrees, fifty-nine today. Cloudy and breezy. Phoenix, seventy degrees right now. Hundred four today. Very hot. Lots of sunshine. Heat wave until Sunday. Traffic. Inbound Kennedy Montrose to the interchange, forty-seven minutes. Inbound Edens from Lake Cook at sixty-six minutes. Eisenhower. From Wolf to the interchange, 36 minutes. Dan Ryan, 95th to the interchange, 25 minutes. Inbound Stevenson, 294 to the Ryan is 23 minutes. MLB, Astros beat the Rangers 10-3. to That series is tied 2-2. Arizona beat Philly. That is That was 2-1. Philly leads that uh, series also 2-1. Hawks lose at the Avs. That was 0-4. And Jags and they get, win. They get smacked by the Avs. Yeah. Jags win at the Saints. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. So, um, Carl, how much of the when, – when they, when they talk about a deficit, are they, they talk the number we're going to get here in a couple of days, which shows the whole last year thingy uh, in terms of spending. Now, is that actual cash out the door? What, what if, like, the, the trillion five, whatever the last bill was, let's say 500 of it hasn't been spent yet. Now, that's, that's not included in the deficit, right? Um, well – so you could look at that as I mean the the MTS is essentially the the general ledger. Uh, that's probably the most accurate way to look at it. Although you could also look at it as a cash flow statement because it's a government. So you know we we don't do things exactly the same way that any other business would do. Right. 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 Because you know it's a government. Um, and the way that the government does accounting, if you tried that in private industry, you'd be in jail. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, you have to love, yeah, the CBO, uh, people yell about that all the time, but the fact of the matter is is that the CBO is required by Congress, by the legislation that Congress passed, to produce the numbers the way they produce them. In other words, they're, and, and this has always been one of the, the things that I think is so amusing because my, my father was a CPA, so <laughs> I know the I know the rules in general, and and I have a decent level of understanding of accounting. I paid outside people when I ran my company, but I I knew what I was looking at, and I knew how to read a balance sheet. And uh, the the CBO constantly produces uh, so-called uh, impact statements for bills and things like this that are they're just fantasy land nonsense. Okay, and people say, "Well, you know, how uh, how's this? Ha-? Well, the way it happens is Congress actually has has their enabling legislation says this is how the CBO has to do it. So the CBO, for example, is required to assume that any 
law that has a sunset date will actually sunset on that date. Even if, historically speaking, it never has. So, you know, this doc fix thing that people used to talk about all the time, we haven't heard about it for a few years. Uh, so basically, it was a one-sentence bill that got passed by Congress every year to uh, change the change back the Medicare reimbursement rates for certain things. And the CBO is required to assume that that won't be done, and therefore the deficit will be smaller because that spending in CMS will be less than it actually will be. And yet every single time that this threatens to expire, uh, Congress reauthorizes it, changes it, and makes the spending number much bigger. But CBO always estimates that the budget deficit will be considerably smaller than it really is, and the reason is, by law, they're required to do it. Oh, and they, so they, how, how does how does this stuff get, you know, I, I'm always talking about the, uh, uh, you know, the, the idea that the, the Republican tax cut did not sh- show up the way it was supposed to, didn't, didn't pan out. Neither did, I don't think, this infrastructure bill is going to do the same thing. Um, no, it's not. So, so wh- when do they? When does somebody review that and say, "Okay, this stuff is just not working"? Uh, well, you don't. You don't review it. What? It, but, but it shows up in the MTS. Yeah, right. Well, that's, I'm saying, I mean, you know, but but in terms of does it get reviewed and, and someone go back and say, "Well, you know, that was stupid. Let's change." It. No, <laughs> that never happens, Chief. Well, yeah. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, 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 is the people on the. Uh, um, you know the, the people on, on the, I'm going to say they're on the right, but there's probably some people on the left that feel the same way. That are they're looking at this stuff. If you looked at all the the, the Congress has done, and you say and what and what those guys uh, were were led to believe, uh, you know our, our deficit should be 30 trillion, and now it's it's 33. Okay, so those guys the uh, uh, you know they they should know. Okay, now, 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 what do you do? I guess is my question. What, what do you do? These two bills, I'll just look at those two, haven't worked. Um, you know, why not? I mean, I mean, what do we do? I guess is my well, question. Well, what, what I mean, the <laughs> when you get down to it, what has to happen at this particular point uh, is the deficit spending has to stop, and until it does. Rates are going to continue to go up. And as I have pointed out many, many times, and people think I'm a lunatic for saying this, but the data, the data is the data. Okay, You look at FRED, which is you know, St. Louis Fed's website. They have all sorts of economic data. You can graph just about anything you want. Um, the Fed does not set rates. The Fed follows a short-term treasury market. Right. Without a doubt, and, and the short term, tra- and, and there are very few exceptions where the Fed has moved first. In virtually, I mean, you, they're, you know, they're, you always, find, they're always a follower. Well, you can find a couple where they actually they did, you know, they did something that was a surprise, and they got in front of people, right? But it, but it almost never happens. And so, uh, you know, look, you you can look at uh, where rates are actually going. You know, we have it every every day. It gets you know on the ten year side. It's it's quoted as the TNX and you know the ZN for the futures. Um, and you know, I mean, as as we're speaking, uh, we're currently trading four point nine seven six, and um, 
that is going to continue to go up until the deficit spending stops. But, but every student of economics in the last 25 years, if you were to ask them and give them a test, they would tell you that the Fed controls rates, including long-term interest rates. And yet, no, they don't. I, I'm saying... I know, you, they're all going to say that, but no, they don't. No, but no, they don't. They, well, they, they, can, they can control the short-term rates for a while. To a, po- to to a point, point yeah. and the thing is, is that they can, and, and they can also tamper with the curve, okay, which, which they have done uh, to an extreme degree well, and they over can the also, last 15 or 20 years. They can also, anybody who looked at the, the rates at 1.5% and say, uh, boy, i got to sell these treasuries, this is nuts. Anybody who did that for a period of how many years got got you know spike marks on your back because they just oh, oh yeah so I mean, because they, then they, they, they overwhelmed kept going down they, over, right. they overwhelmed you because there's there's no way you and I were going to compete with a, a four trillion dollar increase in the balance sheet. Well, that's right. But now take a, take a look at what's happening with these excess reserves in the in the repos. The, the yeah. numbers falling off. It's headed towards zero. Um, by the way, by within the first couple of months of next year, it will be zero at the current runoff rate. Uh, that distortion is coming out of the market. It has to continue to come out of the market, and it's going to continue to come out of the market. And once it reaches zero, then that which was there as a cushion and as a buffer is going to disappear. Now, if Congress has not addressed this problem by the time that happens, and there's no indication they're going to, I mean, good God, look at what we're going through right now trying to get a speaker, right? Yeah. And and, and by the way, there's an un... It's a, a so far unproved rumor, um, but there's some documentation. I haven't run it all down yet as far as provenance, that the people who defected from voting for Jordan, uh, there is some evidence floating around that they were essentially part of a donation scheme from Mr. FTX. Wow. We give a lot of people money. Well, I understand that, but this is this is specifically focused on those particular individuals. There is a specific focus. Uh, there's an allegation that the, that there, boy, there is a hell of a correlation here. Now, I don't know if this data. I haven't gone. I haven't sifted all the FEC I, data. I'm, I'm kind of sort of. Su- not su- nothing shocks me, but I uh, the lady who we had a couple times that was running for Bobby Rush's seat here, Karen yeah. Reeves. Um, at the, the last two weeks, there was like fifteen people running, some huge number in the yeah. primary, and uh, she ended up. She came in third, but she came real close to the second person. The second person was pretty good too. The person who ended up winning was Jesse Jackson's kid, who, yeah. who got a million and a half bucks from Freed within the last three weeks. And we we're talking about a million and a half dollars in in a, a small election like that is a lot of dough. So I mean, they. They, they he sprinkled money. I thought more to the Democrats, but some some Republicans too. And it's, the Democrats or the Republicans were all telling me how he gave all the money to the. He gave money to the Democrats, but didn't somebody else in his his place give money to the Republicans? And yeah, yeah well, like and that. there's well, and that's in. So you know, anybody can can donate a relatively small amount per election cycle, right? It's not. I mean, it's not a lot of money. Uh, but the the specific allegation here. And this has been leveled against the FTX guys uh, in context of a lot of Congress people, is that these guys put together a scheme to essentially use ghost individuals 
uh, people in nursing homes and stuff like this because you have to file these reports with the with the Federal Election Commission. And you know, if I if I try to give you twenty grand for your congressional campaign, uh, you'd better not take it because if you do, everybody involved is going to end up going to jail because that's well over the limit. All right. So 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 how do they what, do it? How do they do it then? I mean, so what you do is you find. So what you do is you find a hundred people uh, in, that are in nursing homes that are incompetent. You know, they're incompetent to do anything. You use their names and addresses, and and each of them gives you twenty bucks. You know, every three days for six months or something like this. All right, and and it looks like small cash donations that you got at campaign events or whatever. If someone runs this down, it's obvious it's fraud because these people are not politically capable of being active. Well, don't big firms sometimes get all their officers to send a thousand bucks to somebody? Well, yeah, but this is, I mean, but the, the way they do this is it's lots of little donations that are small enough that nobody pays any attention to them because they're, okay. you know, 20 bucks here, 50 bucks there, right? And so, but, you know, again, you can aggregate and, you know, if you use a computer, you can be very good at making sure that, you know, Joe Schmo in the nursing home here did not give more than $2,000, the problem is there were a hundred of them. Well, how, well, how does how do how do corporations and stuff still load these people up? And how do they, oh, how that's they, uh, it's done through PACs. You can't do it per you, the individuals are still capped, and they can only give small. So the million and a half that went to Jesse's kid came out of some pack that Brinkman free came out of a pack that allegedly is not coordinating and didn't really give it to Jesse's kid. They ran ads or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Because because you can't coordinate. By law, of course. Yeah, yeah, okay. you, yeah okay. Yeah. yeah, pull the other one. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, but that's, I mean, there is, uh, you know, there's supposedly a Chinese wall here. We all know that's a load of BS. Uh, but that's the way that, you know, that the system is structured. But th- this is a is an allegation of direct, provable corruption. Now, I, you know, like I said, I haven't gone through. I mean, I saw some stuff on it yesterday. But they're, they're, they're not going to stop at the Republicans. There's Democrats. Oh, so. oh, no, there's Democrats involved in this, too. Yeah. But in, in the context of the particular thing that's going on right now, uh, the, the attempt is apparently to try to force some way that either the current parliament guy who's essentially a placekeeper so that they can hold votes, because you have to have somebody that presides over the vote, right? So he's not really a speaker. He's a speaker pro tempore to either increase his powers, which would give them the ability to pass a continuing resolution, which means, again, we get away from actually voting on budget bills and yeah. what people are spending money on. It's one great big thing, take it or leave it. Um, or the other possibility is they're trying to find a way to wedge Hakeem Jeffries into the seat. Uh, Even though he's in the minority. We ever had a minority speaker? Uh, I don't think that's ever happened before. You know, interestingly enough, under the under the House rules, you don't have to be a member of Congress in order to be the Speaker. Well, you can't vote, and, and you get the well, office. Well, yeah, so, the, I mean, there's... You get the big yeah, office? They give you the big office? Well, there'd be some problems with that, right, in, in terms of, you know, you can't vote because you're not a member, right? Yeah. So you preside, but you can't vote. Yeah. Uh, but here's here's the thing. A lot of people have said that, you know, that McCarthy was the best that the Republicans could do, and blah, blah, blah. Look, McCarthy... In order to get his seat, one of the things he said, one of the things he promised was that there would be no more CRs, number one, okay, that we'd actually have to vote on budget bills. And the second thing was there CR, would be continuing no... continuing resolution, correct? Correct. And there would be no more blank checks on the debt ceiling. 
He violated both of those literally within weeks of taking the seat. And, and I, you know, you can say whatever you want about politicians, but you know what? If you make a deal with me, that, you know, I'm going to give you an easement because you're going to build a house on Well, there, some, there seems to be some rules between each other, even though they can lie all day long to us. Well, uh, you know, he, he got the votes of those people in the Republican caucus by making these pledges. All right. Well, you know what? Um, would I would I give you? Would I let you keep that if if you, you know? I mean, you didn't claim that you know two years later, circuit well circumstances changed. No, you never intended to honor these pledges in the first place. They were lies. Yeah, well, some people just seem like you walk out of the room and they forget what they just said. He's kind of one of those guys. Well, I don't think he forgot anything. I think he, you know, this is what happens when you've got people pulling the levers from the outside and. You'll say anything to get what you want, and then you'll do whatever you want. And we've, you know, how many times have we seen that within our government? Well, you, the, it, 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 it sort of flows. It, anybody in that kind of position is probably a man, of an, man or woman of enormous ego to start with. Well, yeah. And you, you start out by the, by the idea, plus we're in a, a system that allegedly you're supposed to compromise. That's what the debate's for. That's what the committees are for. So you sit there, and, and, and this would happen... And I, I gotta believe, Carl, we wouldn't be any different if it. I think we'd be a little bit different. But if if we showed up there and all of a sudden I really need to get, first of all, I, I have to really believe that the country, the world is better off that I won this election, right? You have to. That's the first thing you got to think in your mind. Now, I'm wa- Everybody's better off if I get elected instead of Greg. Okay, so if I cheat a little on the election and get in there, it's all for the it's all for the good cause, right? And uh, then when you get in there, you say, well, I really want. This in the budget, but oh, by the way, if Joe needs a bridge in his area and he's, I can't get Joe's vote, it, it's it's like it's like they start taking little nicks out of your fanny all along the way, right. to the point where you must one day look in the mirror and say, I, "I've become what I detest." Well, yeah, and I mean, there's, I think one of the one of the biggest challenges here, though, is that we've we have run this game for so long. Where we had the belly of the of these inflationary impulses, and it, we all felt good about them, including in Congress. Now we've got programs that have become entrenched to the point that anybody that tries to touch any of them get—I mean—the screaming is instantaneous. Yeah. Right? You're killing our children! Oh my gosh! Yep. Um, well, I got bad news for you. When the checks bounce, it isn't going to make any difference, and. The the reality of the situation is that you have to either cut out the deficits, but you have to stop it, all of it, or rates are going to continue to go up, and you're going to get forced to stop it in a disorderly fashion because you're not going to be able to make the coupon payments. And Yellen, along with her predecessors, including Geithner and pretty much everybody in this in the seat over the last twenty years, every time that we've had these you know these events, so oh eight. Uh, you know the 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 COVID thing. Um, before that, of course, you know was the tech crash. Treasury has consistently rolled down the curve on duration, which is stupid. All right, I mean, if you've got an opportunity to issue thirty-year debt, four percent, good God, you take it. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. We got to issue one-year debt at one percent because one percent is less than four. Well, but that means that it rolls in one year. Instead of rolling in well, thirty right. years, all right. Well, guess what? We've done that. We've we've cut the average duration dramatically. So the 
the lag time between these rates, these rate moves, and the time when it actually instantly comes back into your checkbook has become shortened dramatically. And that means that the cushioning effect that's normally supposed to be their monetary policy and fiscal policy is gone. And we destroyed it on purpose in an attempt to play this game and make more cash available for the government to spend on whatever it is that people voted for. Well, guess what? Game's up. And so now we're going to have to take that medicine. It doesn't matter whether you like it or not. But look, nobody is going to sit there and say, we're going to increase taxes by 35% next year. Not, not. Well, because if you did, you wouldn't end up with 35%. Well, you no, know, you'd be lucky if you got five. Yeah. Okay. So the only thing you can do is stop the spending. And the only place you can do it where it's actually going to do something is to go after the medical monopolies because it's the only way you can keep some of the services, most of the services, and yet pay less money. Uh, and you, yes, you, you, you you're gotta, still going to get a, you're still going to get a massive stop. amount of unemployment, chief. And and yeah. I, you know because it, well look, you can the, you the can hospitals got forty administrators and and you know thirty eight of them are billing clerks. I well, think you could pro- I think computer. you could probably get on a one time basis if you got hard asked about it. You could probably get two hundred billion out of companies cheating on their taxes. Now it's just, it's a one time check. Yeah, and it, it helps you out for six months, but it's something. But you you absolutely have to stop either the government paying for it or you and I paying for it. People paying six grand for an MRI that people are willing to do for five hundred bucks. We got to stop doing that. I mean, uh, I mean, because that would give people more money in their pocket, right? I'm saying there, there's little things around the edges you could do, but I just we only have a minute here, Carl. But there really isn't any. I seem to remember way back in the day that there were kind of reviews on bills, but right now if it, Let's, let's well, well, there is the CBO issues these things, but nobody pays any attention to them. Well, because I mean, I got to believe that the that the Trump tax cut. For the, everybody remembers the the Reagan's big tax cut, but what they forget was that a year later he had a huge tax increase because they were horrified. I mean, it, it didn't. It they didn't end up with the same amount of money they thought they would. They were getting way less. Well, and, remember that that Reagan made a deal with Tip O'Neill, and then Tip it reneged on it. But they there was a tax increase. Right I understand that, but 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 Tip O'Neill, yeah. The reason there was a tax increase was because Tip O'Neill said that he was going to balance a budget in exchange for the cuts. He never did it. Well, but what I'm saying is the idea was we were going to end up with more money. They didn't. Just right. just like the last two bills that I'm talking about, both Reagan's tax, Reagan, uh, Trump's tax cut, and and this guy's big infrastructure or investment in America Act, or whatever the hell it is. None of them are are, are giving the re- returns that they were. They were supposed to give, and there's you not an, and there's not an automatic uh, review. I guess is my 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 concern. And in business, if all of a sudden you're supposed to build a new factory for five billion dollars, and once you run past seven, you I can re- rest assured somebody's reviewing it. You would think. Yeah, I you know it, it's the da- the data is there, but does anyone give a blank about it? And they make it harder and harder to get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Carl, thank you very much, buddy. Have a good weekend. Are we ever going to get a bounce in this market here or no? Well, you know what? I see the tax receipts number. The real-time high-speed data is, is, is in the toilet. I'm seeing it, it now show up in freight and in some of the other areas. Um, I see it 666, my friend. Oh, good. On uh, a happy note, <laughs> talk to you next week. We'll be back on Monday, Stocks and Jacks.
that's all, folks.